Welcome to Docs on the Rocks, where we sit back and pour ourselves our favorite libation and opine on all things related to managing documents in your professional life. I'm your host, Chris Martz, Senior DMS Consultant with the Affinity Consulting Group. I'm joined by my guests today, Senior Consultants Greg Bray and Kevin Wade, also with Affinity Consulting. And today, we thought we would talk about your data. Just where exactly is it? Gentlemen, let's pour ourselves a conversation. All right. Welcome, everybody. Kevin, welcome. How are you today? Pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Greg, good to see you. How are you doing today? Very good, Chris. Excellent. So before we get into our uh, topic of the day, which is where's your data, we want to start, as we always do, by talking about what it is we're actually drinking today. So, Kevin, what have you got in your glass? Uh, some fresh homemade pear cider. Homemade pear cider. So you made it yourself from pears in your yard? Yep, last week. I'll be darned. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, Greg, what are you imbibing today? Uh, I am imbibing a local brewery here in St. Petersburg, Florida, Florida called Three Daughters. Their product, their actual flavor that I'm imbibing today is the Beach Blonde Ale, which is actually available at uh, all up and down the southeast coast of the United States now. So uh, look for it in your distributor. And by the way, can I, can I just add, Chris, that uh, I feel Kevin's cider, we need to extrapolate the fact that that is not fermented cider. Yes, we were schooled on the fact that there's a difference between cider and hard cider. Very good. Well, today I have got a nice craft beer from Highland Brewing. It is a black mocha stout. So um, very filling beer for the end of the day today. All right. So our topic of the day today is where is your data? which sounds a bit weird because hopefully we want our audience to have their data in a document management system. That's kind of the focus of our podcast here. So Greg, what exactly are we talking about when we talk about where is your data? Well, I mean, when we talk about document management, we're really sort of more centralizing the focus on documents, email messages, pictures, media that supports matters and cases, what have you. So that data, you know, can be distributed in many, many locations around an office's storage, you know, in their computer storage, but also located up in cloud servers or legacy systems. And, you know, I mean, I feel like a lot of our data these days is stored in Microsoft Outlook. And one of the big problems we have with Outlook is that it's very much siloed. It's not shareable. So I have an email for a client sitting in my inbox that's totally invisible to anybody else in my company. And what we try to do with the document management system, of course, is bring everything back to a matter-centric or a workspace-centric view to share all our data. Okay, that makes sense. So, so we're really talking then about getting data from the various places and into their document management system. Kevin, I wonder if you might talk about what are the primary places that we tend to pull data from that, that people think of? Well, the, the obvious ones are the, the other major DMS systems, you know, like iManage, WorldDocs. Those are 
those are ones that are kind of easy because you already know where that data is and you're just going to move it over into NetDocs or whatever the new system is. There's also some older ones. We worked with GroupWise before, you know, which is not really existent very much anymore, but some people still use it. And actually store data. And we had to pull documents out of there. And it turns out that's not as easy as you might think, right? We, Greg, we ended up having to track down a tool that would take care of that. Ah, yes. Now let's talk about a war story about finding old legacy documents uh, or legacy document management systems. Uh, many of the listeners might, or the older listeners out there might be familiar with a product by the name of Groupwise. And uh, Groupwise or Soft Solutions was the precursor to that being an old document management system that Kevin and I and Chris, you've been involved with projects where we've had to pull stuff out of legacy document management systems like Groupwise that don't actually exist anymore as a product. Uh, a supported product, and uh, we've had to track down. I think in the in the situation of Groupwise, we had to track down one vendor located in the the Alpine region of Italy that had the the keys to the kingdom or the export utility that we allowed us to get stuff out of Groupwise. So it was a challenge, but thankfully, you know, those firms that uh, have leveraged us to do that now have their data fully accessible in a supported document management system. Nice. And so we tend to run in those kind of systems a, a lot where, you know, it's just time to upgrade that system and move to something new. But that, you know, that isn't always as straightforward as we've got it in this old system and now we want it in a new system. Um, we have certainly found situations where documents are places where even the administration doesn't know where those documents are. I know one of the things that we've run into is just you know, where document is just walled off from everyone else. Like it's just siloed information. You mentioned Outlook as being one of those, but that could be places on the network that people don't know actually people are using within the firm and, and have been for 15 years. And so sometimes it's more complicated than, than you first think when you get in there. Uh, Kevin, have we ever encountered a situation of that nature where, you know, you uh, can, that you can remember where we're, uh, hey, there was this whole collection of documents sitting over here that nobody knew about, but by golly, they needed them in the document management system. Yeah, that's called Tuesdays, uh, pretty much how it goes. And that's that's one thing to keep in mind is, you know, in, in these migrations, you know, we, we normally like to go live on a Monday and then we get that email coming in Tuesday of, hey, did you guys pull it from this other share that we didn't tell you about at all? Or, or you know, the IT guy took a backup of some old folders and he keeps it in a, a three terabyte hard drive that he has. There's tons of stories about, you know, almost every single project, we always find one more place, you know, kind of how Apple has their, oh, and one more thing. Yeah, we have a, and one more place. Perfectly summed up. I think uh, I was just going to add, if I could, Chris, that, you know, the adage that we always live by is we cannot convert or migrate that which we cannot see. And I think almost all projects we come across, there is that squirreled away data that perhaps others had access to, but they did not give Kevin access to, to do any data migration pull from. So the adage is that when you give us access to do, to work for you, to, to migrate your data is please make sure that we can see the data. Right. I remember one in particular where they were like, oh, let me plug in this external hard drive to the server that we forgot to tell you about. Can you grab all those documents as well? Which is... 
as Kevin alluded to, a great Tuesday morning thing to hear. And so if you're thinking about switching over, one thing to definitely remember is uh, bring in the IT staff, somebody who has access to everything, because you will forget about some places. And, you know, whoever's currently looking at it may not even have the level of access to know if they're looking at everything. Yep. Valid point. Now, it's not just straight document management systems, right, Greg? I mean, there there's other places that people might be squirreling documents away, like case management systems and things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of case management systems or practice management systems, CRMs, have their own repositories or storage locations within them. Sometimes the, the data is actually embedded inside the database and has to be reconstructed and unencrypted. And Kevin and the migration team here at Affinity has certainly uh, reverse engineered quite a lot of those older systems to pull that, that, that data out. And, you know, even some of the names that uh, many listeners out there are familiar with, uh, Thompson West, LexisNexis, the products that those guys uh, are put together have stored document locations inside the case management system. I'll also add too that, the time billing accounting system is something that we've often been involved in looking at too. There's, you know, there might be vendor invoices, client invoices, things like that that we want to be able to extract and populate into a document management system. And you know, again, you know, some of that is fairly easy and apparent to to pull from. You know, the, those systems might just be referencing a, a folder location that documents stored in. Other times, Kevin and his team will you know, open up the back end of, of those systems, like, you know, and I'll put, throw some names out there that many of the listeners will be familiar with, Juris, Rippy, Ryan, and, and pull data out from the, the back end of those accounting systems that's document related and, and import that into, into the, the, the DMS system we're building for them. Yeah, that's something that we definitely talk about when we're talking about designing the system. So is there a place to put all of this data? Yeah, the back office data is just as important as client data. You know, having your IT group or your accounting group or your HR group have a place to store those documents is important. Yeah, and I was just going to add to that, Chris, that the one thing that I feel that we constantly face when when dealing with that design is that the over the overlooking of that back office data, which for most firms is incredibly important because you've got payroll data and, you know, employee contracts and things like that. And there needs to be, you know, a design around that as well. What is the security that you place on that? You know, you're now, you know, replacing whatever system you used to have where you stored your data into something that's Googleized, that people have the ability to go out and say, ah, search every document in the, in the system that has the word payroll in it or something like that, right? So you need to be able to make sure that you build in some layered security. Just create a little bit of siloing in there for uh, back office work. Sure, and I think that also applies to just user data, right? If we wanna get people used to saving into a document management system, oftentimes people are saving things to their desktops, to flash drives, things of that nature. It's important to have that user area that is kind of locked down to their eyes only, right? That they can, put that, you know, flyer for the church bazaar that there, you know, inevitably is something that worked on in a work computer, but we got to have a place to put it that has nothing to do with work. So that's something that, that we address, I know, often when we have those conversations. What about some of the newer technologies? We talked about group-wise and things like that, but more and more people are using cloud-based services like your Dropbox and things of that nature. What are the challenges involved with that, Kevin? 
One is to obviously make sure, again, that you have access to everything, because that's one thing that's kind of notorious I've seen with these drives is they they definitely get siloed because people are especially cautious about them because they are accessible anywhere. They tend to really break out their pieces into different areas that nobody else knows about. Another Another issue with those specifically is that there's not a good way to transfer them from a cloud source to another cloud source. So from Dropbox or Box or something directly into NetDocs. So that's something that we have to set up essentially a sync to create a transition between the two. And one one big limit that you run into then is size, because when, once it's in the cloud, nobody really worries about the size that much. But when you have to sync it back in order to actually put it into NetDocs, uh, that becomes an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Again, all these things that can just be a surprise when we're trying to get documents into a central location. But Greg, I wonder if you might talk about the fact that not everything ends up living within your document management system. And sometimes it's it's important to be able to get to other places to access that document, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, you could have, um, you know, for instance, video files that are too large or or perhaps you know we see a lot of medical records that are in some sort of legacy executable format that's uh, more or less like a DVD that's been saved onto a network and those systems the, the, those types of files you put them into a document management system and they don't work you know, they don't run they they're self executing so you know those uh, types of exceptions we want to sort of plan for that and you know oftentimes we're trying to get firms to move towards cloud based DM where possible and you know having a strategy to deal with those exception files is incredibly important you know we we can point firms towards let's say leveraging their office 365 subscription to set up an azure server and those exception files can sit out on that azure server and then the beautiful thing about products like net documents is you can then have a link a virtual link to those files sitting inside the document management system so if i pull up the medical records for my case in my document management system I'll see a link inside there that I click and it executes the X-ray program that pulls up all the X-rays from my uh, my client's medical records. And it's really just pulling straight from that Azure server. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the concept behind using one tool to search many different places. I know that's that's kind of one of those pie in the sky on the horizon technologies that a lot of people are looking forward to, right? Let's make this your home. And even if I do have data stored in different places, we can still run searches against that and pull that beta data back in. Yeah, I'll just add that you know there are products out there that you know people might be familiar with, like Metazure, for instance, that you can point to multiple locations. So you could point it to an Azure server, you could point it to a local network drive, you could point it to a document management system, and it gives you that one throat to choke type search, you know, needle in a haystack. I know it's in one of our systems. Let's just broadly search across it. I can also tell you from a product roadmap standpoint, NetDocuments are looking at deploying that type of architecture as well that will search not only just what's in NetDocuments, but allow you to point outside the NetDocuments cloud and leverage a, a, an umbrella search, I think is the term we sort of use internally on that. So once we have kind of combined together the different places where the documents did live, and we've pulled it into that document management system as best we can, you know, how do we avoid some of the app exhaustion 
that people run into where, you know, even though we've got this great system, we still have to put data here and we still have to put data there, uh, maybe in a share file location because we want to talk to a client or maybe to a third party product because we need to, you know, digitally sign it or something of that nature. You know, I know NetDocuments in particular is looking to address some of those same concerns. App exhaustion is a great term. I, I think that, you know, many of us struggle, even just in Affinity, there's, you know, there's so many different options, perhaps, of where I store uh, particular t- types of records. You know, it's easy to say that everything that's client-related or document or email is going to be in my document management system. But, you know, where do I put my test charts for my employees and things like that? I mean, um, you know, and then they particularly, they might live in another application entirely. I mean, I think that one of the the, the ways that you can deal with that is really develop an internal plan. You know, it shouldn't be just, you know, open slather, I'll start saving these types of documents into Dropbox and these ones into Box and let your, your staff drive that. It should be a centrally focused uh, uh, process that, that each firm comes up with a, a data plan, a data storage plan. And in fact, we actually have management consulting teams here at Affinity that go out and do just that. You know, they understand where your data is right now and you know, what you should be using, what, you know, how to consolidate that data into a, into a, a manageable list of apps rather than, you know, 200, you might have five or something like that. That's, you know, much easier for your employees to deal with. Yeah. And Kevin, I, I wonder if you might talk to us a little bit about some of the add-on pieces that, that, you know, something like NetDocuments is bringing so that we don't have to use all of those different locations. Yeah, there's a couple different ones. One of the really, you know, up and coming ones that everyone's starting to get into is Indie Thread. So it kind of acts kind of like a Slack where you can have discussions with people. The beauty of this is you can have these discussions specific to a single document or to a matter. And those discussions are carried with that document in NetDocs. So it's not stored. It's not like comments in a Word document. It's, it's much more of, a, of an outside conversation about what needs to happen with, a, with this specific matter or with this specific document that you can easily just transition back and forth and have these individual channels that are kind of tied to each different piece, whether it be document or matter, whichever you're looking at. Another is the, the collab spaces, which NetDocs has been rolling out. And that, that allows you to collaborate with external people without having to actually set them up in your own NetDocs. So you could reach out, have someone edit a document, and then you immediately have that same edited document. I'll just add uh, to that point that Kevin made about Thread and the the, uh, the use of chats or instant messaging. And, and I wanted to point out that, you know, we've seen a massive uptick in use of Microsoft Teams since the COVID uh, era uh, has laid upon us. You know, many firms have pivoted to to technology they can already leverage. Part of their Office 365 subscription might be Microsoft Teams. And, you know, we've seen many firms leveraging that and really changing the way that they collaborate rather than picking up the phone or standing at the water cooler and talking about a document. They're now messaging around it. And, you know, the interesting thing to see is how Kevin's description of the NetDocs thread piece, which is that the communication or instant messaging uh, system inside NetDocuments has now evolved and now integrates with Microsoft Teams. So you can be setting up channels inside Microsoft Teams and pulling documents directly in from your document management system and be able to collaborate directly. It actually integrates with uh, Microsoft Office Online. So 
You can have many people co-editing and editing a document on a Teams meeting. However, the entire time, the document is safely tucked away in your secure net documents cloud. So it's just that marriage of many different technologies coming together and really helping to consolidate the choice in applications that your employees deal with. Boy, that's a great point. So as we are wrapping up here, Kevin, let's talk specifically to firms that are looking to do this, looking to consolidate various datas into a central location. What are some of the tips that we can give them to to kind of be prepared for? And we have already talked about, you know, finding all of your stuff, but once they've found it, what are some of the ways that they can ease the transition, you know, into the new document management system? Sure. One of the ways that we use a lot And the best way to describe it, in my opinion, is to imagine if you were explaining to me, when you look at your folders, how would you explain to me how I would know which folder goes where? Because you you may just look at it and know the name and know exactly what matter that is, but the name doesn't mean anything to me. So what we end up doing is what we call matter tagging. It's kind of a takeoff of, you know, hashtagging from Twitter. We mark those folders, or actually we have you mark those folders with either a number combination or alphanumeric combination to tell us where they're going to go. So you'll see something like um, at symbol 1000.001. And that tells me that it's gonna go under client 1000 under matter 001. And then we can migrate everything inside of that to that specific matter. The alternative is to give you a huge list of folders and have you go through one by one and it never works as well as matter tagging because that can be done once and then you immediately see where that's going to go. The users can look at that folder and tie it to where it's going to be in NetDocs just as we can. So what do we do in those situations when they don't already have stuff that is in a matter centric orientation? Maybe, you know, every person has their own list of documents so one matters documents may be spread across five or six different people's individual user folders greg what are some of our other options there so the options there is you know you you could obviously continue to do the matter tagging individually and our migration algorithms will merge those different locations together into a single workspace but you know that doesn't give visibility across your entire organization you know you might end up with duplicates so what we've sort of adopted in those really sort of, you know, the, the too hard basket way of migrating is to create a staging location. And so think of it as like a preparatory area where we get you to start saving your documents into this new structure that more or less mimics the workspace environment that you would be using on your DMS system when you when you move to it. So, you know, it might be laid out in this pristine client matter structure with client matter numbers in it pre-populated and we just get users to drag and drop their documents from wherever they are disparately saved around the network or indeed the cloud or wherever and they stage them into these locations and then Kevin and and his team would actually just migrate off that pristine staging uh, uh, location into the DM. Makes it a lot simpler. It also has the advantage of getting people used to the concept before they're actually working in the new environment too. Yeah, I know I've used that a couple of times as well. So, Kevin, what are some of the things that people need to kind of watch out for when they are either one of these environments, whether it be a staging area or the matter tagging? Yeah. 
One thing to definitely watch out for is what we call nested matters. And that it happens everywhere. So, you know, somebody's looking in a network share location and they meant to click on something, but they actually dragged it into another folder. So they just dragged one matter completely inside of another matter. There's a couple different ways to approach that. We we actually take a very simple bottom-up, then top-down approach where we we say whatever the lowest matter number is, that's what we're going to use for that path. So if one is inside of another one, we'll pick that inside one out. That can have other ramifications, though, when determining you know how we're going to map all of the, the subfolders, if we're going to use them as doc types or anything like that. Uh, that'll throw off the numbers when we're looking at it. So it's best to look out for this and make sure there's not any nested matters would be the goal, but there are approaches if it is a huge problem. And the other thing we can do is, you know, when you're setting up the staging area, when you're blending all that information together, one thing to keep an eye out for is duplicates. We definitely see where, you know, one user has their own folder and another one does, and without looking, they both just drag it over and they add it as a new folder, and now you've just doubled the number of documents in there. So that's one thing that I've definitely seen with the staging area that can be a problem. I also just want to throw out there to keep keep an eye out for you know those missing locations that we talked about, because that's one thing that will definitely be a surprise. You know, If you think you're migrating 500,000 documents, and then you find a drive with 2 million documents that you also want, that's definitely going to change the whole project. Yeah, and we want that Monday morning experience to be as smooth as possible for people. We want to make sure that they have access to the data that they need in the new system. So all of these different things, we hope that everybody's just kind of taking into account and keeping in mind, uh, especially if you're planning on moving to a document management system. And if you are planning on moving to a document management system, we do uh, highly recommend that you give us a call here at Affinity. We'll be happy to help you with that process. Well, listen, guys, I hear last call in the back. Background. Uh, great discussion today. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Yep, my pleasure. Greg, thanks so much. Thanks, Chris. Always a pleasure. And cheers to each of you for listening.